0: everyone welcome to how to make your own miniatures game i am rick graham owner of white light media and creator of the revelations skirmish and field of legends miniatures games you can check out my company's website and get information on our other projects by going to whitelightmedia.org or shoprevelations.com. so uh let's have a different kind of conversation today we're gonna kind of get into a different direction of things Um, I'm testing out my audio Uh, we recently moved to a new residence so this is my first episode filming in or recording really uh, in my new office so I'm hoping that my audio doesn't echo and that there isn't all these other issues so hopefully everything sounds really good Um, today we're going to be chatting about 3d printing and STLs Um, Odds are that if you are designing or beginning to create your own war game, that you are going to investigate 3D printing. It's like, well, why wouldn't you? That's the new, cool, trendy thing to do. Yes, there's still plenty of people out there promoting mass production through China or through multiple other means of production. But 3D printing is booming. Right. It's taken off, uh, at least for uh, independent creators, smaller game companies, and for, you know, if you're playing an already established game and you're looking for a cheaper way to get models. Now, for myself, I'd say you'd have to look pretty hard to find a more adamant supporter of officially branded 3D printing than myself. Um Frankly, I foresee the future of miniature gaming itself to be engulfed by 3D printing within five years. I think 10 years would be extremely generous. I think it's much more likely to be within five-ish or, or somewhere in that five to 10. Um, the technology is just <laughs> ramping up so quickly that these other companies are going to have to have to address this at some point um 3d printing is taken off whether this is people at home um, done by the indie creators themselves like myself or some sort of hybrid 3d printing isn't going away and this industry will eventually catch on um i actually think that right now we are early pioneers and are exploring this untraveled frontier, Um, the big boys, you know, the big companies like uh, Fantasy Flight, uh, Games Workshop, Privateer Press, WizKids, uh, and, you know, the list can go on and on. Um, They've got to be watching what's happening, and I bet you that they're really nervous as their business models may really soon be in jeopardy. There's just no way to put <laughs> to put this cat back in the box. There's just too many people creating really professional quality models. And they're giving them away for free. There's, there's too many people designing their own stuff as a proxy for some, you know, Warhammer 40k character. And they're like, yeah, I like this. This will be my stand-in, Tyranid, whatever particular model they're designing. And this will be my stand-in. So it's not even official. It doesn't even resemble uh, closely to a official Games Workshop model. So I don't have to worry about anything, but it's my stand-in. So yeah, you may not be able to use it at official events, But it's like how many players around the world play or are consumed and worried about, wow, man, I'll never be able to go to an official tournament with my army when they just play with their buddies anyway, right? Like they don't care. So frankly, I think the race is on for which creator or company can be positioned in the market as a supporter of this exploding advancement. Now, I know some will argue that 3D printing will never be widely accepted. I've heard that the last couple of years, when I start to get excited and I start to discuss this topic, there's plenty of people that'll pop in and say, Rick, uh, you know, 3D printing's great. Not everyone wants to deal with it. Uh, the technology's not there yet. We're never going to be able to replace, you know, Chinese production. We're never going to, uh, it's never going to be affordable enough or easy enough for. The general population. But I mean, people were probably saying that about computers just a few decades ago. Or cell phones, or cars, or voting. You know, there's lots of things that people have said. The general population can't do this thing. And maybe, maybe... the. 3D printing, as we understand it right now, is more complicated than the casual player or the average consumer, maybe not so much is capable of dealing with, maybe even wants to deal with. Now, that's a different conversation versus I don't think it'll ever get to the point because I can definitely foresee a mass change in the industry. Massive, massive, massive change. You know, Currently the machines are hundreds of dollars and they either require filament or liquid resin. Yes There are other materials, but these are going to be the, the main ones that you you know miniature gaming is going to be concerned with and Anyone that's doing with filament more than likely isn't getting high detailed models They just can't compare to resin right now um, I don't know if the technology will ever get there But I, I try to leave the door open to not you know with, with something like this there's no lives on the line. there's no crazy stuff. So it's like if if I can just allow my imagination to wander a little bit and maybe people can say, well, that's because you're a, an author, so you just you know your brain works weird. But I can just foresee stuff changing in the next five years, stuff maybe that we don't even breakthroughs in in 3D printing that we don't even think is possible. But these machines now cost a couple hundred dollars when just a few years ago, They could be two or three or multiples above that, thousands of dollars. The machines are getting faster, more detailed, more accurate, and they're more readily available. And there's a larger and larger community, uh, you know, depending on the company, but just the broader 3D printing community continues to grow. And that's going to bring more people. Yes, that need help, that need questions, or that need answers to their questions. But it's also going to enlarge the the expertise of the community as a whole. And we, you know, there's already several communities that are a little bit more robust and a little bit more welcoming to new people. But this this isn't going to go away. There's no reason for it to go away. As the tech continues to improve, I believe so will the material. Uh, I was it like two plus years ago when I first started getting into 3D printing. I never heard about water washable resins. Well, you do now. So what kind of material are people going to come up with next? Uh, when the industry gets, the 3D printing industry, gets to where there are more readily available resources... That are either, by resources I mean STLs, that are either pre-supported or the materials are less dangerous to handle. As resin, you know, we, we know resin can be hazardous if not handled properly. But as those things continue to improve, it will make things easier for the consumer to enter in. There will be more casual players. And, and I don't throw casual around flippantly or... Um, divisively, you know, for people who have a full-time job and they got several kids and they got a spouse and, and, you know, they're doing everything they can just to be able to go out one night a week to be able to play with some friends, they may not have the time to try to 3D print their entire army. Right. And that's not, that's not a negative thing to them. They just don't have the time. And it's like, well, where am I going to, what, what am I going to sacrifice so that I can make sure I'm 3D printing? Right. So that the, I'm, I'm when I say casual, I could be talking about from the person who doesn't really want to do it or just kind of wants to dabble in it or the person who has the money to but doesn't have the time to like you can put all those people in that category in my mind. Um, yes, I know one of the other counter arguments is, well, there's always going to be people that are lazy or, or just don't want to do the printing themselves, whether or not they have the time. There'll always be people looking to purchase physical models. Because they don't want to do the work. Yeah, that's true. That's all that's always going to be true. There's people right now, when I was first getting into Star Wars Legion, I was coming out of Star Wars Destiny, which was a card game. Card and dice game. Going into Star Wars Legion, it's a miniatures war game. So we had, you know, our smallish community, I mean, it was like a good 10 of us on most nights. Uh, most weeks for for Destiny. Well, when Legion was coming out, my smaller group of, of close friends wanted to get into that. We wanted to transition out of Destiny because we Legion looked way more fun. So we were transitioning out of it. And some of the other Destiny players who were not miniature gamers, but were avid board game players and they were obviously playing card games, they weren't interested in getting into Legion because the models weren't already painted. They didn't want to deal with it. So there will always be people, even big fans of whatever that brand is, that just don't want to deal with whatever aspect you can pick. You know, they don't want to assemble the models. They don't want to paint the models. They don't want to deal with, you know, carrying around a box of models and dealing with all like, there's always going to be an excuse. So the excuse of, well, there'll always be people wanting to buy the physical models. They don't want the STLs that, yeah, that's true. That's straight up true. Um... But that isn't any different for the player if they buy my pre-printed models from my website versus going to their, you know, to their local game store. They're still going to get a pre-printed or a pre, a physical printed product. The biggest difference in that scenario would be they would have to order my product online if I don't have it available in any stores. But Amazon and other sites have already kind of primed. Our modern consumer to buy an item online rather than making a trip inside. Um, so there, people are more used to because there's always going to be people saying, as a counter, well, why would I want to deal with 3D printing when I can just go down to my game store and buy whatever I want? Well, not for one. 3D printing can be a more affordable option for players. I can't go down and you know purchase. A pick any model, just about any model from any game. I I can't go buy that model or that box of models as cheaply as I could if there was an official STL that I printed myself. Now, the company could charge an exorbitant amount for the STL, but more than likely they're going to be in the seven to 15, maybe $20 range. Well, if I buy a $20 model or a set of models, maybe it's a a whole squad, but that the box will cost 30 or 40 50 bucks depending on which game you're playing. Well, for 20 bucks and some resin and some some, you know, elbow grease of my own, I can have an unlimited supply of those models versus paying 30 or 40 bucks for one box of them. It's definitely a win to do the STLs, but there will always be people, you know, going against that, going back and forth. The conversation that we should be having as game creators or potential game creators is as we are entering into this new era of miniature gaming where do we want to stand do we and this is an individual decision but you know where do you want to stand in this do you want customers to be able to purchase your stls now there will be a lot of people a lot of people right now that will tell you straight up no yes there are a lot of independent modelers out there with their patreon uh memberships or you know selling their files on oh my goodness there's a bunch of different websites now that you can go and sell an stl the not even counting if the company like shapeways i believe it is will do the the pre-printed um most of the other websites will just sell the file itself, not the physic. They won't deal with the printing. So, but right now, there's no, to my knowledge, my company, White Light Media, is the first one to really embrace 3D printing with a war game. There are a couple of others that I've kind of followed, but they're not as... Uh, def- um, developed as Revelation Skirmish. Um, I know I won't be the first. Or I'm sorry, I won't be the last. I won't be the first for very long. There will be other creators that come up if there already isn't some that I'm just not aware of. Because trying to know all the different indie games out there that or games that go through Kickstarter is is next to impossible. So. But to my knowledge, there isn't anybody else yet doing what I'm trying to do. And I don't want to, while I'm an advocate for 3D printing, while I believe that I can develop a company that does the distribution of both STLs and physical models, I know that many other creators aren't going to see eye to eye with me because this is a dangerous place to be right now. It feels a bit like the Wild West. Where maybe it'll work out awesome, you know, and it'll be a gold mine, or you'll get robbed and you'll be left for dead, <laughs> Meta- you know, metaphorically speak. speaking. Um, don't you just love when you're talking and your voice just gives out? It's 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 awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, well, let's discuss. Um, Because I can only share about myself and my company right now. Because I don't have a lot of other companies to be able to pull from. Um, But let's discuss the idea of selling official STLs. I will admit, (laughs) at first, I was against the idea. Um, While I am definitely for doing the manufacturing and selling the pre-printed models, I was very hesitant of selling the STLs. But why? Well, once I sell an STL to you, there's literally no safeguard that you won't go and give it away to all your friends or post it on the internet for free. There's no safeguard that you won't go on the internet and try to sell my STL. There's nothing I can do. Yes, if I find you selling it on eBay, or if I find you selling it on Etsy, or I find you selling it on name a different website. Even Thingiverse, if I find someone giving it there, I can go and I can contact Thingiverse and say, Hello, this is from White Light Media. This is our official design. Here's the proof of that. And then hopefully they'll respond because I'm not Games Workshop and we'll take down the file. But I still can't take away that file from your possession ever. Once I've given it to you, I've given it to you. So... I was against the STL idea because, one, all the modelers and the artists that I talked to were adamantly against it. They were scared of it, terrified of it. And I recognize there's no control. Currently, there's no control. There's no way to safeguard those files. But I can tell you that my mind has now changed on the topic, and I am selling my STLs. I believe... This is, in a sense, the way of the future that, yes, someone will end up developing technology to more safeguard and protect an STL, maybe similar to some other type of computer program or some other um, interface that our printers and our files communicate through to kind of protect them in a way maybe to validate a purchase or something else but the, there's no developer that's done that yet. I would love to be one of those companies not to not to stifle creativity but because if it's the way of the future, there has to be a way to protect the creators too while also allowing the players to get their benefit out of it. But there's no no player should be giving away a paid file for free. That's wrong. Um, especially because the STLs are never that expensive. It's not like I'm charging a hundred dollars per model. And I'm like, this is how much it's going to cost. And you can have the STL and print as many as you want. And then, you know, I'm kind of being a, a jerk about it. And there might be some people that are vindictive that <laughs> go and give out the file just to kind of like put their nose up at me. But Right now, that's not the case in the industry. STLs, I mean, they can range from free to three bucks, five bucks, seven bucks, fifteen dollars. And it kind of probably also depends on how many of that model would somebody want, how expensive was it to get it developed, um, and anything else that can kind of go along with that. There certainly are risks to distributing your STLs. Now, How am I hoping to overcome these challenges? Well, the biggest one is being concerned about the files being given away for free. My opinion, and this is something I've thought about for a while now, is that I am trying very hard to build a company. And as we... Well, God willing, one day have more full-time employees. Me getting a full-time first would be a fantastic start. But getting to the point of adding on a bigger team and we'll try to grow the company culture as we can. But to I want the the my player base, my community to feel to feel like they're cared about, to feel like they're appreciated, that they're listened to. I want them to feel engaged, not just because I want, you know, I'm trying to get a sale, but because I, I do appreciate their feedback. I can't do everything that they, they recommend or that they request, but I, I want to know what type of characters do you want to see? What type of models would you like to see? What, what things can we constructively improve, um, I frequently ask my community what type of product they're interested in because as I finish one, I kind of sometimes want to see like, all right, where's where's the community's gauge at the moment? What's another type of product they might be interested in? So I try to, I can't always guide everything in that direction, but I do try to stay mindful of it and try to circle back and, and maybe work on it at a later date. But so many bigger companies, they give off the impression that they're very corporate, that they could care less. So it's very important for me. That my players feel like they matter to us. Now, as we transition and we add more people, I know that Rick Graham will have to take more of a back seat and it will have to become more white light media because I can't interact with every customer. I can't interact with every player. I can't act, you know, interact with every request or question you know I just can't right now it's easier because it's a much smaller um, number of people with questions and with orders and with everything else but over time I have to step back more and white light media will have to be more of the face um but in the meantime I'm trying to build a a stronger community what I'm hoping in part that this will do is is build a better reputation with my players so that they know that White Light Media's concern is yes, we have to make sales because we want the company to grow. We want revelations as a brand and Field of Legends as a brand to grow so that we can reach more players, so that we can make more of an impact in the in the you know in our industry. We need sales to do that. But we don't have to be a heartless corporate monster to do so. So what I'm hoping, as I was alluding earlier, that what this will do is it will cause the players to feel like, I don't really want to mess over White Light Media and give away an STL that, they, yeah, that I bought just because my friend wants it. I'll just tell my friend, look, man, it's a couple bucks. Go buy it from them so that you have it officially, so that you're supporting them. I would, I see a lot more value in trying to build a community that wants to support us. Just no, no different than, you know, you supporting your local game store. Like if you have a store that you play in all the time that has a uh, that's very welcoming, that tries to take care of its players, you have really very little reason not to purchase your product if it's available in the store from them. As an industry, we should be banding, banding together to support small businesses. To support the local game stores when appropriate. Now, White Light Media is never going to be local. At least like right now, will never be a local thing. So, you know, our players supporting Revelations directly helps us, right? helps us. that That's supporting a small business. But if, you know, if you're playing Star Wars Legion, Magic the Gathering, you know, Warhammer 40K, list goes on. Supporting your local store is way more meaningful to those people and those jobs than it is that you saved a little bit of money off of Amazon. Now, going off, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent with that. It kind of ties back to if we can build a proper community and, and show that we are genuine, that we care, that we appreciate our players, what I'm betting my money on. Literally betting my money by selling the STLs. I am betting my investment money and the future of my company that my players will want to support me and my later employees. Cause I, you know, I'm already putting the money up to pay the concept artist and then the modeler, and then I have to go through all the the effort of testing and then doing test prints and, and painting them and, and growing the community and growing the everything else that goes with that. So If someone takes my STL and just gives it away, that does, yeah, it might be just a couple of dollars. Like right now, it doesn't really add up, but it does affect us because instead of that person helping to support us financially, they're just giving it away for free. It it takes away from other potential sales we could have had and that those snowball together. And while, you know, if you give away a $5 STL to your friend, what's $5 going to do to white light media? Not nothing. We're not going to even know that we didn't ha- get the sale, right? Because you gave it away in secret. But that will, over time, snowball that oh, it was a whole lot more sales that we could have had that would have helped us to move forward with other projects. So one of the ways, like I said, is to have a better uh, reputation with our customers. Another is in the pricing. Depending on the type of game so like for example, we have not yet sold we did through Kickstarter We did backing for the STLs for Field of Legends now. they're up on our website, but I'm not really married to the price yet Field of Legends is a heroic skirmish game So as we're developing the rules, we're still getting the models made and stuff, but as we're developing that game It's very likely that you'll only ever need, maybe, unless you want to play a larger point game, at most, like two of any squad of guys. So, if I sell you the STL, let's say for the Spartans, those Spartans, you may only ever use one squad of them. So, I have to price that STL at a different point, knowing you're probably only going to do one print, maybe two maybe more if you're an excessive painter because some people just love to paint, they want different schemes and they'll just they'll just go all in and they just want to do some really cool stuff. Most people don't want to do that. Most people just want to print what they need and then they're kind of done, right? Unless something gets broken and they need to replace it, they're done. But with Revelation Skirmish, you might need, let's say, the Mars main battle tank, you might want 8 of those. So now if I sell you the STL, in the back of my mind as the creator, the conversation is like, okay, they bought the the STL for the Mars, but was that eight sales that I missed out on? Well, really, seven more sales versus the Spartans for Field of Legends. Maybe it was just a one-for-one trade, like I, I made one sale. Yeah, it was for less money for the STL, but I didn't have to do the work of the production and some other things. But maybe they'll print a second squad. So maybe I'm out of one sale. I can live with that. that. And that might be okay. But when you look at, okay, I sell you the Mars for Revelation Skirmish, and now that's seven sales I missed out on. And maybe you go and you buy a mech and you're like, okay, I want six of this mech. Okay, well, now there's five more sales. So in in my mind, I'm trying to weigh where is the trade-off in the pricing? Should the pricing be the same across just across the industry. I don't think so. I think it's going to depend a lot on um, if it's official. And an official meaning it's coming from the company that is selling the design. not from, It's from the one who made the design. Not from somebody who took it and just was a jerk and just put it up online to sell. So, and in my mind, you know, you got away. How many sales am I missing out on? But at the same time, I'm not doing the work of getting it printed. They're putting the resin costs up. They're, it's their machines that are getting the wear and tear, not mine. It's their FEP sheets. It's their electric. It's their time. It's their whatever liquids or, or material that they're using to... to Rinse and clean and cure their models. So if I sell them the STL, what work am I doing? I'm doing very little work. What I'm doing is I'm basically giving them license to do my job in a way. I'm selling them the STL. You now may print as many as you need. Now, some people, I'm sure we've seen it. If you guys have been on the internet very long, especially in Facebook groups, it seems a lot of people like to post their huge armies, their huge collections. Each and every one of those models, more than likely, was purchased purchased officially. So those were produced with traditional means, and then that player bought them. And maybe over years of time in that game, but still, that's all those sales. And then you come up with the STL, and that's one little sale. And that person may print 12 or 20 of that model and you got one sale but as a, as a risk on the other side I can't remember if I've mentioned this yet maybe it was in one of the first episodes the thing that started to terrify me as I was beginning to develop the Revelation skirmish game I, I'm a, a Battletech player on and off um sometimes it's just because I can't find someone necessarily to play with but I had seen that people were creating really high like amazing quality models that were official designs they were uh, I had seen um someone do I think it was the Viking mech and I love the Viking um, basically, it's just loaded with missiles. It's just this big assault mech, just loaded with missiles. And I'd seen some other designs that people commented it was, uh, that they they didn't like the official model because sometimes with BattleTech, you have the artwork is amazing, but then the official models, because previously they were pretty much all pewter, the company making the pewter ones sometimes is so-so. And I know it's also a money thing for them. Um, Some of their models are amazing. Other ones aren't so good. That may not so much be the fault of the, the pewter company, Ironwind Metals. It may also have to do with some of the modelers that they were using. And that may be because of the back and forth where the company didn't have enough money to invest in, you know, the proper design with the proper amount of detail. There could be a number of factors playing into it, and I'm not uh, privy to all of them, so I'm not going to comment on all of them. Just that the players wanted better looking things in certain circumstance, and they're like, "Well, we got 3D printers, and some of us know how to make models." So they just started making some models, and they just started giving it away to the community. And it terrified me that at some point, if I keep moving forward with revelations, I will eventually see someone with a model that looks maybe just as good if not better than one of my official models that I paid someone my own hard-earned money so that they could model for me because I can't model worth garbage but that I will eventually see someone who did just as good if not better and is just giving it away to my players robbing me of those sales and it terrified me because I'm like even if I'm not selling STLs, if I'm only selling physical models, and it doesn't matter whether they're 3D printed physical models or they're classically casted, I can't stop those indie creators who just want to model for nothing, who are going to spend 20 or 50 hours designing a model and just give it away to the community. I can't stop those people. Not realistically. So it was kind of also weighing the, the the concern of, well, if I can't stop them, how can I slow them? Right? How can I slow them down? Well, if I sell official STLs, then my players can't say, well, White Light Media is great and all, but they don't allow us to be able to print more affordably or to, to get models more affordably. Well, now they can't say that. Because there are official models for sale. And pretty soon we're going to be having all of our models for sale as STLs. So you'll literally be able to play the entire game by buying just STLs. Now, yes, right at the moment we only have the tokens and the order cards um, available through our own website. But eventually we're also going to we're looking at ways to, if there's enough desire in the community, to make those available as well. In different forms. But honestly, I don't know if it's worth the time for other people to do it. And they might as well just buy it from us. But they'll still be able to print their entire armies. All their forces. Officially with STLs. So there won't be a... No one will be able to say, well, White Light Media doesn't doesn't allow us to be able to get official models. I would buy... Because I would see people commenting. Because there would be people attacking those Battletech modelers saying, why are you doing this? You're stealing money from... Battletech as a brand, and that that hurts our collective future, possibly, in getting new product and keeping this game alive. You're stealing from all of us when you're stealing from the company. But I would see people say, as a counter-argument, I would buy official models, f- official STLs for me to 3D print if they made them available. So... That's where I decided to step in. I decided to, to be one of the companies willing to take the risk because there is risk. Like I said before, I can't stop people in giving away files for free. I can't stop people in making their own designs that are either very close to what I've done or uh, slightly off enough that you know what it is, but also it's different enough and just giving it away for free. I'm not as scared of people selling it. I'm more scared of people giving it away for free. So like I was saying, how am I going to combat this? I'm going to combat this by trying to build a company that people want to support. And second, I'm going to try to, to price my models, my STLs, at a price point that people feel like, why not support the official company? It's affordable. It's affordable why would i not give them the money and instead mess them over by getting it for free that's what i'm hoping that's two of the big ways that i'm trying to do it the 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 other way that i realized is that what is one thing that no modeler we're talking about like the free modelers not the official ones that we've hired as, as for commission work what is one thing that our community cannot create on its own officially. Well, maybe not so much officially, because they could create models, right? Someone could go and create, recreate my Mars main battle tank and just blast it out to the community, sell it, do whatever they want, right? And people might play with it. But one of the things that I was thinking about that I can control that other people can't is that I can create official book material, whether that's supplement books, campaign books, novels, official lore or story and plot development, nobody else can do, nobody else can fake. Because while right now purchasing or downloading for free and STL may be great, if I care about whatever universe, whether that's Star Wars, Revelations, Field of Legends, Warhammer 40k, I might love those universes right and maybe i try to find ways to make an affordable way to be able to play the game or to build a new army but what can the community never create officially or close enough to an official is is lore is is plots is stories is novels they can't make those only i can only my company can so i'm trying to change my perspective in in not trying to, let's just summarize this in the simplest terms, not trying to get rich off of the models for the game while I need money to make back my investment money and to grow and to expand and to, again, move towards a full-time income, move towards being able to have multiple other employees at a full-time income, have the money set aside to invest, invest into new equipment and to grow the brand and all that, right? but I, I know that nobody else can fake my books. That's something that I can control. That's something that I can make. So if I go through the trouble of trying to develop revelations to have strong book material. Now not everyone will want it. There will be people who will download our rules and download the files and I'll never hear from them again. Those aren't raving fans. Those aren't people that are excited about the Revelations universe. Those are people just looking to roll some dice. So if I can make some money off of them, then great. If I can't, will I know any different anyway? No. Like Those people aren't going to be the ones engaging in my community. Those aren't going to be the people that are trying to encourage the brand to grow grow and continue to develop. Those are people that are just you know, leeching off of it. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to recognize I can't control what these other people are going to do. I also can't control how the industry is changing. There's no way to put 3D printing back. It's just going to happen. All these companies, these bigger companies than mine can fight it. They can resist it. They can come up with whatever rules they want, but they'll never be able to stop it. So I would rather position my company to take advantage of the change that's coming, right? We can see fire on the horizon. So I can either just stand there, wait for the fire to come and engulf me, or try to figure out a creative way to move along with it to benefit from it and to also grow my community. And that's what I'm trying to do. So that's why I've decided to be able to sell my STLs. Now, in a year or two, because I don't really know if it'll take much longer than that, we'll be able to start to see, is Revelations growing at a steadily exponential rate? Or are we seeing a destructive pattern that is happening due to the STL distribution? I don't know like we're going to wait and see. It's going to be exciting either way. I know that if I continue to develop new models, that gives me a potential sale from customers. And, and customers already know that's what these companies are doing. When companies are making new models, it's not always necessarily for the... But they know at the end of the day, they're making new models to get new sales so that the company can keep moving forward. So players already get that. Um... But you don't want to design a model just to make a sale. And that's where I'm trying to counter, you know, because I, I've i been playing miniature games for like 20 years now. I've seen a lot of what I would consider um, money grubbing, <laughs> where they're just doing something. And you're like, okay, you're just doing this to get money. It's not really because this pushes the plot ahead or push, pushes the game forward or develops a, a type of unit that, the, that maybe one faction was just missing. You're just doing this to get a sale. And it's like, yeah, I recognize that that's probably what they're doing. And I, I, don't want my, I don't want my company to get into that. I'm trying to, you know, at some point, for example, the factions in Revelations will have peaked. Like the majority of the types of units they use in their militaries will be designed and will be available. And what will change instead of trying to create new Republic models, core Republic models all the time, I will switch and try to create maybe more hero components or maybe more um, variants or maybe more some other, maybe different types of poses. So that way it creates more variety in a player's force but it's not creating 10, 12, 30, 50 different mechs for one faction when realistically or even semi-realistically their military would never want to have 50 different types of mechs. <laughs> BattleTech would never want to have that many because of you know, making sure they had enough parts manufactured, making sure the parts can get where the parts need to be to keep these machines going, the difficulty in your engineers Knowing and having the knowledge to be able to maintain all these different types of machines. So, at some point, you know, you have your main battle tank, you have your main mech, you have mechs that are kind of uh, designed for specific roles and different vehicles for different roles. And you're not going to kind of beat the horse and have like 30 different types of main battle tanks in one army, one, you know, different types and different designs. You're going to have a couple. And that's it. So i'm trying to design the models also for the game with that in mind like at some point we're going to reach an end for this faction and this faction's gonna you know for this game will be kind of at its end and we'll design other things to make the models can like to continue to develop new things but recognizing it's not a new thing 100 um i haven't seen many companies do that either sometimes it seems like when they reach that point the game just dies and i want there's so much room for us to create campaign books and supplement material and then to develop into the the war system cuz right now we're at skirmish i want to move to battalion then we're going to move to like planetary invasion then we're going to move to like the full scale war version so there's different ways that this game will be able to continue to grow maybe even in at, in at, at, at certain levels using the same models that are already available but trying to grow and do additional things to develop this game and to add new games in um, and new rule sets. So I'm not really worried about running out of ideas anytime soon. I'm not worried about um, somebody buying a handful of STLs for me and being like, I'm never going to buy from White Light Media ever again. I have as much as I'll ever need. If somebody wants to do that, I can't stop them. I mean, some people, when they play a miniatures game, they only want to buy a couple models and they don't want to keep buying more. They don't want to add variety, they don't want to add cuz they don't want to invest the money into it. And I get that. But then you have those other consumers, those other players who want one of everything <laughs> or multiples of everything or you know they they really get in just they 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 really become super fans. They love your universe so much, they just want to talk about it and think about it and and play it as much as they can so they're just going to be a different type of consumer and, and you know I, I know there's not um an infinite number of those types of players um i'm not trying to chase only those types of players but just being mindful that that is a a component out there you know when we get into these conversations it, it kind of is interesting because we're it's all theory right now with 3d printing because there's no history of, of players being able to produce quality models affordably. Yes, there have been over time people trying to buy official models and recast them and create new molds so that they could sell knockoff versions. There's been people that have done new sculpts that were close enough or that were still kind of shoddy. But, you know, and then they would sell those. And now we're at a point where the models with 3D printing are just as good Depending on the type of printer you have and the resin you're using and your settings and the file that you started with to print, your models can be just as good or better than the official ones that are on the shelves. We're in a new era. We're approaching if We're not already fully in it. We're, we're, we're like right on the line. And nobody knows how this is gonna shake up. And I would argue that what we're what is really waiting in this industry is a larger company like games workshop privateer press waiting for one of them to say you know what we're gonna we're gonna step into stl distribution we're gonna try this out and i know that if white light media does well there'll be other indie creators that will take notice there's other people already watching there's other people probably listening to this podcast that i've had conversations with that are watching how revelations moves forward how field of legends moves forward because they're trying to make decisions for their own game products that they're designing so i know i'm one of the people in the front will it work out for me or will i just be one of the pioneers that you know yeah went through it but then didn't see necessarily the best uh business decisions because they just weren't discovered at the time and then it'll be like well if if you would have known then you would have made different decisions so i'm i'm really trying to be observant keep my head on a swivel try to be open to new ideas try to be open to listening to the community thankfully all the people that i've spoken with about stl distribution they recognize that that my company needs to make money that's one thing that's given me hope and some um confidence that this is gonna work to an extent because everyone understands or at least all the people that I've spoken with understand that if I'm selling stLs for my game that I need those sales for those STLs because I need it to be able to keep the lights on and to continue to move forward if if my company's losing money i can't, how long can I do that before I have to give up right? Nobody's gonna go forever just giving stuff away for free. So I think if moving forward and and trying to figure out, like I said, you know, you're, you're building a community that, that likes you, that wants to support you pricing your product at a place that is affordable and, and doesn't feel like you're taking advantage of the STL buyer. And then three, also still creating other products that people can't create knockoffs for. Someone might be able to go and fake my tanks and fake my mechs and fake my infantry and whatever other hero thing I design, but they can't fake my books. Only one company gets to release, currently, official revelations material. And that's White Light Media. So, as I continue to develop that... um. And in part, I also want to do that because that helps get people bought in to Revelations as an idea, as a universe that they are excited about. So those book material, yeah, it takes takes a lot of time. The payoff for them in direct sales does not make up for the time invested yet, but it's a combination of things. Social media posts. You know, painted pictures of your models, illustrations, physical models that are out there available for sale, Um, you know, getting people to play test, you know, all of this is a combination, having novels available, having game supplement material, having a rule book put together that looks halfway decent, that people can check out, having a stats website, maybe you're not going to do a stats website, maybe you're going to do cards, whatever you're going to decide to do, but having that combination of appearance to my players and to my prospective players that my I have invested the time into my company in a serious capacity not flippantly not I've only designed two models like I've put up serious time serious effort and serious money to try to build this and it's taken two years to do it so because we first started with with models, or I'm sorry, <laughs> with novels, and then went into models. Um, so I know that it, it's a combination of things. I don't know if anyone has the right answer right now, if you were to ask anybody, if you are thinking for yourself, should I consider selling the STL files for my game that I'm working on? It depends. Don't do it just because Rick Graham's doing it. Do it because you believe in it. Do it because you've done the investigation yourself. You've done the thought process yourself and you've arrived at your own conclusion of how you feel about it. I'm a bit nervous. I won't lie. Even now, I'm a bit nervous because I haven't seen what's going to happen yet. It hasn't played out. What if I'm wrong? I could lose my whole company, right? Like there's the potential that someone in some foreign country is going to sell the physical models cheaper than I can. Maybe in a, in whatever kind of other bonus that they can put together. And I have to hope and pray that my players or that others that come along and find us later want to support me and my company because we're the ones who made it. So there, there is definitely risk. Um, I don't think there's any, any possibility though of full assurance that it's going to work one way or the other in like in anything, in anything in life. Um, so why would it be different here? Right? <laughs> so I'm excited to see what's going to happen out of it. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm at times apprehensive. Um, there's also the concern of like, well, once I sell somebody my model and maybe their a modeler themselves and they look at it and they're like, Oh, this isn't that good. <laughs> so there's always the concern also of the critique and um, I'm happy with our models or I wouldn't even try to sell them right um, some of them we've had they're they're older so our modelers have learned or some of those modelers don't work with us anymore so we've tried to change as a company and have different expectations and different standards um, and that sometimes is really hard We shouldn't decide not to do something, though, just because it might be hard or it might be scary. We should decide not to do it because it's not smart or it's not safe. And those are different. So I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to be one of the front men and be one of the people in front, um, being a pathfinder, trailblazer in a way. But... I could go down in history as the guy who was just crazy. And if you would have waited three more years when the technology came out to, to, to have safeguarded STL distribution or some, whatever, you know, what would be the best thing out of this? The best thing wouldn't only be, it wouldn't only be that revelations gets a really strong foothold. In the 3D printing community. But that we're able to be one of the innovative companies that helps to design the direction of this industry. Just to be able to have that sort of an impact and to, to be a history maker would be something I didn't ever... I never set out when I started doing miniature gaming design, I never, I guess didn't really consider the the new frontier that would be possible. I was excited because three d printing at first would allow me to be able to have models designed and tested and maybe even manufactured in mass. In the United States under my own, you know, my own roof and then later in my own company's roof so that I'm able to kind of make sure that things are the standard that I want, that I can get them safely uh, produced and I don't have to worry about them falling off a cargo ship in transit or something like so many other companies have to worry about. Whether or not the company on the other side of the world is just going to decide, you know what? we got a new project or you know what, (laughs) whatever. It's like, no, I know my models are going to get printed for my customer because I'm going to make sure it gets done. Um, that's what I was looking at for 3d printing. I wasn't looking at it as it later developed into, well, what, what is the future of this industry going to look like with this technology available and, and all that, you know, began to play out from there. But I am really excited and nervous, like I said, but um, we'll have to wait and see how some of this shakes out. And you know what? I'm going to continue to try to be pretty transparent uh, when I feel the time is right to share things about decisions we've made, why we've made them as a company, Um, because I try to run some of the more big decision things also past my wife. Um, Sometimes past some of the different modelers that we have. Um, Sometimes different people in the community that we have. Just to make sure that I don't get into an echo chamber. Um, But hopefully, you know, we're able to be part of something big. What 3D printing potentially can do is so big for gaming makes things potentially so much more accessible and affordable that I feel there has to be a place where the company still can make good money the modelers are still being paid a good pay a good rate all the other people involved in the process from the concept artists, the illustrators, um, the editors for all the other material, all this stuff, like all these other positions will still be able to make some money. And still. And, and when I say some money, I mean like make a living if they're full time. But there has to be a, a, a place where all these companies and all their employees and their artists can can live a good life and where the players aren't being gouged. Where the players are able to help, you know, create and and be a part of the process. Because if they're 3D printing their own models, they're part of the manufacturing process. And if my company is already not going to deal overseas for manufacturing and then for distribution, like if I'm already going to be spearheading that myself, whether that's me or someone I hire to help me print and process my models If I'm already going to be handling it, if white light media is already going to be handling that, I'm not taking a job away from anybody because there never was that job to begin with. Um, Like I'm not taking away from thousands of, of, you know, uh, manufacturing employees um, because I never was going to hire them in the first place, but there just, there has to be a place with this, the way that the technology is advancing, that it can work out positively for more people than the negative. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that shakes out. I still hold to that, you know, when, when, when one of these bigger companies decides to get serious about it, I mean, it's gonna shake the industry. We don't, and we would hope for good, but we don't know. Um, maybe that would be worth getting into a conversation later because we're kind of about an hour right now, getting into a conversation and how that might shake out, how the future might look. If it goes one way or another, just for a thought exercise alone, for us as creators to be like, okay, you know, because you guys are in a different part of the journey, more than likely than where I am. I'm, I have a game available, We're, we're continuing to develop new things, we've got our third faction that's rolling out, we're getting, you know, other stuff in place to be able to start moving forward with the idea of our fourth faction. And I know some of you are still just trying to design your rules. So you guys are going to be coming into this industry at a, at a slightly different place. Even if you get there in a year, year and a half, two years from now of listening to this episode, the industry could be dramatically different, dramatically different. And you may have to think things through in a different way than what I had to just a couple of years ago, just a few weeks ago. So you may have to look at things. You you may have a different perspective. So it'll be very interesting. And like I said, I would like to do an episode like that of to do an, a thought exercise, if for nothing else than to challenge us in different ways, to think of different scenarios, um, to help us to prepare or to at least consider to have a plan to react if something were to change. Because what you know, one of the worst things that can happen is that you are absolutely unprepared for a scenario, you know, there's some major shift that happens. And 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 in, look, at the end of the day, the gaming industry, the miniature gaming industry is not life or death. So any sort of big change that happens is more than likely not going to be an overnight change, right? Like when 9/11 happened, that affected so many industries, especially the flight industry. That was a night and day change pretty quick over a couple of weeks. Like that was a major shift. And then when you look over a couple of years, the, 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 like when you watch old movies and you see people running past security or running through a terminal because they're going to be late for their flight. It's like, that doesn't happen now. You will go through security or you will not get on that plane. People will shoot you if you try to do that. So just the the big change. Right, the big night and day difference between watching Home Alone and then going to the airport now. And COVID's also going to be another one of those things that's going to change. We don't know how. It's going to be very different for different countries. While 9-11 was predominantly focused on the United States, and yes, things shook out other places, COVID is a worldwide game changer. Not to use the pun of game. But um, for the gaming industry... You know, it's not life or death. We'll see some of these trends coming. We'll have a, a, a further um, perspective. And there's still a lot of, of uncertainty that STL distribution will, fu- will work the right way or it won't hurt the companies or the companies will like that business model. I think there's a good chance that these companies are going to fight tooth and nail to resist it because they like making money the way they already make money. But when one of them finally changes, when one of them finally bends the knee or, or comes to the table and says, "You know what? This isn't going away, and we might as well get in here and try to position ourselves and make some money ourselves," it's going to change the industry in a in a big way. Up till now, almost no company is embracing it. White Light Media is one of the ones in the front, and. In comparison, like when you compare us to like Privateer Press or WizKids, I mean, like we're, we're, we're like a nobody. So I don't even know if those companies are even going to be, if if what we do is even remotely on their radar. So, but anyway, um, thank you guys. I'm hoping that the audio and everything worked well uh, and that uh, the test I did sounded good, but sometimes a test may not be the same as an hour long episode. But anyway, I appreciate you guys being patient as I was going through the the transition and and wasn't able to make some episodes for a little while. And uh, we'll try to get on a more regular schedule to get content out. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again later. Thanks for listening.